Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Uh, let's open up with a word of prayer. Father, just thank you for today, for the opportunity to gather in your house. Lord, just um, ask that you open all of us up to what you have for us today. Lord, just um, thank you for allowing us to, to come into your presence, Lord, and just let us receive you. Lord, sing your hand prayer. Amen. Amen. We want to say welcome to all of you. We're glad you're all here this morning. Um, if you are a guest with us, we would ask that you stop by the table in the back. We have a small gift we'd like to give for you. Uh, to say thank you for coming to uh, worship with us this morning. Another couple of things we'd like to announce. First off, we need trunks for Trunk or Treat. October 28th, uh, we are having a fall festival type of thing. Um, and we would need as many people as we can to have trunks. Out there. We want to have at least 20 trunks. So if you would like to volunteer for that, uh, there are sign-up sheets in various places throughout the church. Then we're pushing Lottie Boone. Uh, starting already, so we're going to have a 5K run. See Brooke Smith for details about that. And I think that's it. Let's worship together this morning. Amen. 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 That's Ryan, by the way, for those of you guys who have been here for a few minutes. Y'all can uh, come, come talk to him afterwards to find out what he's doing here. Um, but everybody stand. Tell them you're out here. Glad to see them and let's worship together.
in our um, small group, in our Bible study class, we um, talked about worship. Um, so I got two things for you. First of all, if you aren't coming to Bible study, if you aren't coming to Sunday school, if you aren't coming to small group, whichever term you like to use, um, you need to, to do it. Um, I was ready to come and worship already this morning, but then after coming in, opening up God's Word, um, looking at how worthy uh, the God that we serve is, the God that we worship is, uh, I'm really ready uh, to worship now. It's just a good way to prepare your heart to come in and worship uh, corporately. Uh, second of all, God's Word, um, Psalms 96, it says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For, the, for great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the people are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Um, splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord of families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And tremble before him all the earth. Now today, the world we live in, um, definitely gives us lots of things to worship. Um, they push lots of things in front of us um, that we, we, we can easily cast our worship towards. But there's only one worthy uh, of our worship. There's only one worthy of our praise. And that's Jesus Christ uh, who came down on the cross and uh, gave us life for us to give us the eternity, hope of eternity, the joy of eternity um, in heaven with Him. And not only do we get the hope of eternity, we get the hope of right now. He walks beside us daily. He picks us up. He brushes us off. Um, he encourages us. He heals us. Um, he mends brokenness. So um, today, as we continue, um, let's worship the one who's worthy. Um, let's try to cast all of the other things aside um, and worship the one uh, who gave his life to us.
mind. There can be no doubt about that. We, we look in your word time and time again, and you prove that you are good. We look in uh, the lives of people around us, and we see that you are good. We take inventory of our own lives, and we can see daily that you are good. Sometimes it may be in hindsight that we see how good you are, but we never can doubt that you are good, and that you are faithful, and that you are true. Worship you uh, because you are the one true God. We worship you because uh, you're so faithful. Uh, we worship you because of your son and uh, the price that was paid for us. We worship you for us because of our salvation and because of uh, the grace and the mercy that we get to experience each and every day. And we're now I pray that rest of the time that we have here together, that we would all have a heart of worship, a heart that says, God, you are worth everything that we can give. You're worth the time that we spend in this room together. You're worth um, all the ups and downs. You're worth it all. Uh, we pray that right now as we take up our tithes and offerings, um, that uh, the amount that the amount that we give, but the heart that we give with, um, we show that you're worthy, that you're worthy, you're worthy of our worship, you're worthy of our praise, you're worthy of everything that we have.
morning I ask you to turn with me to the third chapter of Paul's letter to the Colossians. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. As we continue looking at this wonderful epistle, this small letter holds such great depth, doctrine and truth, having as its subject, its focus, everything Paul was intimating to the church of Colossae and for all who would read it. It's all about Jesus. Everything should be about Jesus. He was dealing with several heresies that had infiltrated the church, not unlike today where oftentimes we come with our own agendas and our own ways of thinking. I have literally heard people who claim to be Christians say, I know what the Bible says, but I think this. Well, I just believe that if God is love, then this. I'm telling you, hear me today. God's love never sets aside God's holiness and it does not ever justify sin outside of the precious blood of the Lamb. We cannot justify ourselves in our sin claiming God understands me. Listen today, it's all about Jesus. Why we sing, why we preach, why we give. If you've got any questions why you should tithe, it's not because of the pastor, it's not because of the church, it's because of Jesus. Why should you read your Bible? Why should you come to Sunday school? Why should you pray? It's all about Jesus. Now, I'm going to just tell you, I'm full of this morning. In this time of worship, listening to the singing, uh, just what a special time to be in God's house. I had someone text me this morning. I will not uh, give you their names, but uh, one especially... Very encouraging. Said, what a privilege to be in the Lord's house. Let her rip. <laughs> now, if I told you who it was, Elena, it would kind of astound you. <laughs> I said, if Elena can tell me, let her rip. Bless God, I'm going to let her rip. Yeah. <laughs> May we let her rip for Jesus. It's all about it. It's all about it. So I want to preach on this this morning. Look. Look. It's Jesus. Colossians 3, verse 1. If, and it can be rendered since, because he is speaking not with really a question mark to the church of Colossae, even though I believe that it is salted with that question. He is referring back to the previous. Now remember, when Paul wrote it, he didn't put chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 6, verse 9. There were no chapters and verses. So he's just building on the letter from where we have come. And you know, he has dealt with the heresies. Over the last several weeks, we've looked at them expressly. You know, he said, don't be taken hostage 
by people who say you're supposed to eat this, you're not supposed to eat that, they worship angels, they celebrate the new moons and the festivals. He said, don't let all that stuff entrap you and put you in bondage again to that which Christ has set you free. And to those who are free, they're free indeed. So, since, since you were risen or raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind or your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you die, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Let me set aside the main text for just a moment. And let me just present to you that great question. If. If. The big if. If, he says, you're risen with Christ. Before you can go to chapter 2, before you can even get to the latter part of verse 1, you've got to answer that question between you and God. I can't tell you. Your parent can't tell you. Uh, your religion can't tell you. You must do your own living and your own dying. And your relationship to God is between you and Him. And you've got to answer the question, if you're risen with Christ, are you saved? Have you been born again? This morning, I had many already that have encouraged me and filled me with uh, such great encouragement, wishing me a happy birthday. And I have pastor friends all over. I've had them. I had them. The first one I got was from Bangladesh this morning. I thought, how cool. Someone wished me a happy birthday from halfway around the world. Kathy and Shannon sent me a happy birthday greeting on Facebook. They said, it's not your birthday yet. And I said, over there it is. <laughs> texting and sending messages this morning. And my pastor friends, many of them and other Christians said, what a blessing to be in the house of God on the Lord's day. I pray many people would be saved. They didn't say, I hope you have a great day. I mean, that's not wrong. We ought to encourage one another. But how encouraging to hear people's heart, their burden say, I hope, I pray many people will come to know Christ today. My heart yearns to see lost people surrender to Christ and understand what it means to be risen. We think, we, Matt talked about it a while ago, there's so many trappings of the world that says, I can be your God and I can give you fulfillment only to let you down. There's only one. It is still all about Jesus. He is still the only one. And when we come to that point in our life, I'm telling you, He can set you free from the things that are binding you up, that are robbing you from your joy and your happiness, from your family, from all the things that is 
us all understand. I am so burdened and bound up this morning. I am constrained by the truth and I'm afraid I may let him down. Oh, that Jesus may lift me lifted out of this place today. I am so thankful for the birthday wishes, but can I tell you today, I was born on the Lord's Day. I was born on a beautiful, crisp October Sunday in downtown Atlanta. The first air I ever breathed was Georgia Baptist air. Literally, I was born in Georgia Baptist Hospital. So people will say, you can't be a Baptist from birth. I was. And the reason I know all that, I've told you this, I was born in the same hospital where my mother was, so I could be close to her. We'll get that. <laughs> but I am much happier and rejoiced in the fact that I celebrated my 43rd rebirth day back in August. I am alive forevermore. Because I have been born again. That's where the joy comes. You know, it, isn't it amazing? I mean, everybody's touching this point and saying, well, how does it feel to be 51? I don't know. Bill, about like I did yesterday. You know, I, someone else said, how many anniversaries you celebrate being 49? I said, I'm celebrating my second anniversary being 49. We do change. We look in the mirror and things change. But when we are born again, they change for the better. Though this earthly shell begins to fade and to crumble, I am being renewed every day in grace. Being drawn closer to His appearing. Don't that make you happy? Senior adults, don't that set you free to know? Look, you don't have to dread getting old. Getting old is wonderful. It is a blessing because every day you're a day closer to the Lord. And if you don't grow old and you're born again, then you're already with the Lord. We can't lose. Come on. Georgia, Georgia Tech, South Carolina fan. We can't lose. We're on the winning side. Amen. Oh, Listen to me this morning. The psychologist says, look within. The opportunist says, look around. The pessimist says, look out. The optimist says, look ahead. The cultist says, look down. But my friend God says, look up. We're to look up. One day, Church, and it's nearer than it's ever been before. One day. One day. That sun is going to come up on the eastern horizon. Never to set again on our lives here on this earth. One day. The clock will stop ticking on our existence here. One day. The Father's going to look over to the right hand and say, Son, go get your Bride. I am more sure of that today than I am standing here. I believe Jesus is on 
wants Jesus. I want us to look, first of all, how we need to keep looking above at Christ. God says, look up. If or since, let's say that you have made Major calling and election, sure, there is no doubt. You've been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. You haven't tried to work it out. You've not tried to baptize it out. You've not tried to give it out or ride your parents' coattails in. You know that you're a sinner. You know that there was no hope or no help for you except through the redeeming, vicarious death payment by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. And on your face you pledge mercy. And you said, God, I can't, but you can forgive me and save me. You know, if you're born again, you know that. If you don't, today is your day to meet Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today is your day, Damascus Road experience. Today is the day that you will meet Him like Peter and Andrew did off the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Today is your day to meet Jesus and Savior. But if you have already met Him since that day, He says, since you were risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. We need to keep looking above at Christ seeking things above. Why? Why? Because of what Jesus has done for us. Now understand, John Phillips said, sin's temptations assail us from without. There is the adversary that's coming against us. The adversity of the world. Sin's temptation assails us from without. That adversary, Satan and the flesh, shows that our sinful temperament attacks us from within. But the answer to it all is Christ. So we need to see things above because of what Jesus has done for us. First of all, He died that there would be no more death. I love to read the end of 1 Corinthians 15, the resurrection chapter. I like the absolute dripping sarcasm from a holy God that says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, you have puffed yourself up and thought you had control from the garden, but you've never had control. I have control. I am God. I am life. Oh, great. Where is your victory? For I have overcome death, hell, and the grave because my Son, who is well-pleasing, obedient to His Father, left heaven, made him lower than the angels, lived without sin, born of a virgin, died is risen from the grave. Man, that don't fill you up. You've got a leak somewhere that needs to be filled today. Because all that happened for you. For you. For you. Yes, we can paint the broad strokes of for God so loved the world, but that means He loved you. Individually. The overwhelming presence of the Holy God that loves us. We have to look up. Look above. 
because of what he's done for us. He died that there would be no more death. He said, if you were risen with Christ, that intimates what is past. The fact that Jesus died for our trespasses and sin. Y'all believe that or not? Y'all believe Jesus really lived on this earth? Y'all believe that he really died? He, he didn't swoon? He didn't just become mystical or mythical. There wasn't this out-of-body experience where he just kind of laid there. Listen, Jesus died. The Bible says that Jesus' last words, he said, it is finished. What is it? God's will. God's will for him to come and live a sinless life, to fulfill the law. And it was finished. And when he said that, the Bible says he did what? He gave up. He surrendered the ghost. He died. They didn't have to break his legs like they were coming by to do. They did not have to go to extreme what they had already done. Jesus freely surrendered his all. And he died for our sin. And they took his lifeless, bloodless body off the cross. They bound it in grave cloths. They took him to a borrowed tomb. Not fully understanding why he was being borrowed in a, buried in a borrowed tomb. But you see, you borrow something you're not going to need from now on. You just need it for a little while. And so they took him to a borrowed tomb and rolled the stone in front. And Pilate ordered that the seal of Caesar, that great and powerful ruler of the world that nobody dared come against, his seal be placed on that tomb. What he didn't understand is that what he feared was not those outside that tomb, but the power that was in it. For the disciples did not roll that stone away. Those followers, even Mary, Martha, Lazarus, they didn't roll the stone away. For even them, then, there were those who came that morning to anoint a dead body, only to be greeted by the risen Savior. <laughs> Man, if you can't say hallelujah right there, there's nothing in you. You've got to ask, am I risen with Christ? Because with the reality that the one thing that has changed all of eternity is either prevalent in your life or absent. You need to know today, before you leave this place, have you been born again? We need to look above. Because Jesus died that there would be no more death. I've told you before and I will tell you again. If I leave this earth before you do, do not walk by my dead carcass and say, oh, he looks good. Don't fret for me because that's not me. When I draw my last breath on this side, you have no fear. I will draw my first eternal breath in the very instant that I leave this body. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I have all the assurance, not in myself, not in anything I've done, but the one who saved me has kept me. And he'll never lose me. So I'll rather be with him. Yeah, get up and squall over with me because you missed me. 
like that old country song. You'll be glad when I'm gone. I don't care. Because I'm going to be with Jesus. Amen? I miss my grandparents. I don't miss them in a point that it just gives me so much dread that I can't handle it. Because I know by their testimony they're with Jesus. Right? I preach so many godly saints' funerals. And most of them, over my, I can honestly say that most of the, the services that I have done for faithful church members were an all-out celebration. There was a typical kind of brokenness, but there was a joy. I see Miss Sarah nodding her head. We joked and had a big time, didn't we? Because, look, we miss our loved ones, but we know they wouldn't come back if they could. to please God without faith. Trust His Word. Be obedient to His Spirit. He'll take care of the rest. Stop trying to figure it out in your head. You'll never get there. Those roads just lead to you chasing your tail. We don't have to make those decisions. Just trust Him. You see, the resurrection separates us from all heresy. And that's what I love about this text. His, he has dealt with the, those heresies primarily in chapter 2. He talked about all that stuff. But here he says, I want you to put your eyes on Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 17, he said it like this. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Is Jesus risen, really risen? That if He is risen and we claim Him, we're risen with Him. Amen? Right. And stop living like zombies. Stop living like we're half dead and half alive. Look, He has made us eternally alive in Christ. I'm not going to receive eternal life when I die. I am already eternally alive from August 9, 1972. I didn't gradually become alive from October 11th until now. Actually, I've been dying since that day. There's a time to live and a time to die. And I'm dying right now. I hate to break that, y'all, but I am. We all are. But the good news, the assurance we have is Jesus has overcome the world. He overcome death. And listen, this is what's awesome. Guess what? Right, here's the cross. Here's the Old Testament. Here's the Old Covenant. Here's the law. Here's the blood sacrifice. Once every year, the Day of Atonement and the dietary laws. Here's all of that stuff right here. And then here's Jesus coming to the earth, hanging on a cross, dying for our sins. Here's the empty tomb. Guess where we are? On this side of the resurrection. We're not over there having to keep the law. We're not over there 
waiting on a high priest to fix us. We're past the resurrection. We're under the blood. We stand in the newness that is Christ. Man, isn't that a little overwhelming? And no matter where you go, you can get on a plane, in a car, on a bus, in a train, and you are resurrected with Him when you're born again. And preacher, why are you talking so loud? Listen, this is what it's all about. This is what everything I do, everything we exist, everything. I can preach this every single week and not touch the hem of His holy garment. This is why we do what we do. This is why we breathe and live and eat and have our being while Paul went to prison, while Peter was crucified. Everything we call Jesus lives. Keep looking above. Because He has risen that there would be no more decision. Because of what Jesus has done with us. This is cool. Where's Jesus at? Huh? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Right now. Right? What's He doing? <coughs> Making intercession. For who? For us. I must be. I'm letting her rip, Elena. See, this is all ladies' fault. <laughs> I ain't had to get water before I get done. Jesus not only came and died on the cross and resurrected for our sins, but His existence now. He's sitting at the front. You know what His job is? To carry our petitions to the Father. That's what He's doing. When Matt prayed a while ago, when Ryan prayed a little while ago, when you pray, it's Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father that makes that possible. All of that for you, for me, listen to this. Jesus sitting up there right now, up there in the holy heaven at the right hand of the Father. Paul told the church at Ephesus this. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sin, He has made us alive together with Christ. Together. By grace, you are saved. And, and hear this now, hear. Y'all said, where's Jesus again? Right hand of the Father. Where's that at? In heaven. And hath raised us up together, past tense, and made us, perfect tense, continually, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I can remember when I got a little bit older, we had an old shotgun church like that one over there, one main aisle, two sections. And it was really cool if you got old enough that your parents would let you go sit kind of toward the back of the bed. That was cool. But that was a, that was a standing room. You need to understand that. If you ever get out of the way, number one, we may beat you to death. You just need to, you need to understand that's the that's and all that cutting up business. Y'all with me? Y'all my age? You know, us old people. It's in the second half century of our life. There was a dogwood tree. And outside the front door of the church. It was about that tall when I was a kid. When I got married, I was 25 years old. I kid you not, that tree was still at that same size. You don't know why? Because daddies and mamas kept it pruned. <laughs> 
<laughs> they jerked lemons off that poor little dogwood tree. But there's one thing I knew. The worst part was not the, the whipping part that that had. The worst part was hey, now on, you're going to sit with us. And when my mom or my daddy said, you are sitting with me, there was no dispute. We sat with mom and daddy. And I got wonderful news. Jesus has said, come up. You're sitting with me. No, listen, your reser reservation has been made. You're not waiting on them to call your name. When you're standing out there with 700 other people that, that smell like stale cigarettes and everything else, crowded into a lobby about the size of that piano, you know, every fire marshal in the world ought to condemn the places, and you're waiting two hours to go eat something that ain't worth waiting 10 minutes for, but it's cool, so we do it. And we're standing there all waiting, 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 and they finally were saying, oh, Lord. And now they give you little vibration things because that's supposed to excite you. You know, you see, oh, they're like, went off. I'm excited, man. You're like cheering them on. Hey, they got to go in. And we're standing out there praying, praying, let it go off, let it go off. I want to go eat, I want to go eat. And finally, you hear, Brady, party of four. I mean, it's just like, oh, the angels sing. But the day that I knelt and I said, Lord, I didn't know, I didn't know all this. I didn't know all this. And I, I mean, I'm still learning. What I didn't know was that same voice that called me to his side, the same one that called me to an altar of repentance, called me up and said, Come, Matt, sit back. And so he tells the church at Ephesus, We even today are sitting in the very presence of God. Sitting together. In heavenly place. Doesn't that give you a little more energy to know you're going to be alright? When you feel beaten down, you feel abused, you feel like you can't go another step, understand you're seated with God in heavenly places. Listen. We are risen. He is interceding that there would be no more division. He is praying. Not, not, we don't have to worry about God being hid behind a veil. We can approach Him boldly because of the risen Savior. Look, it's Jesus. He is reigning that there would be no more disasters. God's in control. Huh? I don't think y'all convinced me that. Sometimes I'm not in. But it doesn't change the fact. My lack of faith does not change the fact God's in control. Whoever gets elected, I got news for them. God's still in control. No matter what, earthquakes, tornadoes, floods, and hurricanes, God is in control. He hasn't lost a step. He hasn't forgotten. He sees very intense of our being. Knows our thoughts. That's why he says in verse 2, set your mind. Those things, look, the affections you have on things above, not on things on the earth. Becky and I had the privilege of going to New York at Christmas time several years ago. 
And it was really cool to walk down the streets and see all the automatronics in the windows. It's not as big as it used to be, but that the, all these department stores and all these businesses would literally compete to see who had the best window displays of, of the little robots and all the stuff. It was really cool to look at all that. And I'll never forget it. We walked up and we went by, ladies, we went by Tiffany. Tiffany did not have the big storefront windows with all the dressings and stuff. You know how big the window was for Tiffany? Any idea? That's a big That's a, I was all You know what was in it? Not a culture. A real, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm right. It was a yellow diamond. Is that what you call it? Yellow? It was a yellow diamond. It was that big. When was that big? Diamond was that big. Look, they don't put price tags on stuff like that. <laughs> because if you go look at the price tag you pay for it. <laughs> you know? And uh, if, if you could afford it, you ain't going down there, you're going to have it shipped to you. But you can walk by and stand there and just stay there. You know, for us guys, it's like, the Bass Pro Shop book is here. The Bass Pro Shop book is here for me and Neil. The Summit Catalog came in today. Oh, that's like the Sears Weekly. Oh, man, I got the new Summit book. I looked through it. Exact same thing it was two months ago, but I'm still excited to look through it. That's a hot rod. What is it in that window of life that draws you? Isn't it? Listen, it, it's planned. You, you understand it's planned that they put all the candy and the drinks and everything right where you're fixing to check out. Right? The stuff that breaks before you get to the parking lot. You know? That, I want this, I want this, I want And it's just enough money that you, mama gives in. Daddy's like, I ain't getting that money. Mama's like, okay. You know, throw it, sneak it up on the back of the house. Okay. And they're making money. They're making money. They draw on our affections. What we see. What do you see today is your affection? What is it that your heart craves after? Do you see Jesus highly lifted up? Or do you see the trappings of the world? Well, if I can make more money, if I can be prettier, if I can be more important, if I can reach that position, if everybody will notice me, then I'll feel important. I've got news for you. The only importance you need to understand comes from knowing that God eternal knows you. Set your mind on things above. Because of what Jesus has done in us. Look, what has He done? He, it says in verse 2, set your mind or affection on things above, not on things of the earth. We've talked about what He's done, but what He's doing in us is He changes our point of view. He takes our eyes off the worldly things and puts our eyes on heavenly things. Now, it's not this stark, you know, commercial where it's all white clouds and blanked out, you know, it's just white. I'd just be bored. Not heaven. Have you, have you ever read Revelation? 
Have you ever seen the beautiful colors that's described there from the, the different gemstones and, and, I mean, gates made out of a pearl. That's a big old pearl. A street that is paved with gold, so pure that it's transparent. It's translucent. It's so pure. Oh, the vivid colors glory. Church. We need to get our eyes off the point. Look, you keep looking around at how bad things are, you'll start believing. Huh? That's why you have to season yourself. Some people say, I ain't watching any You need to know what's going on. Come on. Wake up. Take your head out of sand. Deal with reality. It's the only way you're going to be able to share your faith that it's not hopeless. Right? Because somebody's going to say, what do you think about all this stuff and Iran and blah, 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 blah. It's good to at least have a handle on what's going on. And, you know, you ought to at least know who the president and vice president are. You ever seen those, those talk shows they go out and they interview people on the street? They don't have a clue who it is. I mean, some of them don't even know what the year is. You ought, you ought to know. You ought to know who is your governing body. Alright? Don't be so consumed with CNN, MSNBC, Fox, and all the rest of it. All the talking heads, and the Neil Bortzes, and the Rush Limbaugh's, and the views, and the whatever is out there. Don't be so wrapped up in all that stuff that you forget God has overcome this world. Keep looking at us. Knowing what He has done in us. We have died to ourselves so as to inherit the eternal life Jesus has given to us. Change your point of view. He has done it that we can have our perspective changed. Look, we're dead to, to sin, but alive in Christ. The Apostle Paul in Galatians 2.20 says, I am dead in Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet it is not I that lives, but it is Christ that lives within me. Now all that seems oxymoronic or paradoxical. But the truth is, we died with Christ. But when Jesus came up out of that grave through His blood, we are made alive as well. That's what baptism symbolizes. You're dead. You're buried, you're risen, all in Christ. Women, baptism won't save you. It tells the world, if you've been saved, then Jesus already has saved you. Don't come and say, I need to be baptized. No, you don't need to be baptized unless you have truly received the baptism from death to life through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. And water baptism is not going to do it. Let me finish. We need to change our point of view. We need to change our perspective. <coughs> we need to change our perception. For you died. That sounds defeated, doesn't it? Dead. Oh, it's dead. You know, country's dead. Cars dead. Radio's dead. Batteries dead. My phone's dead. I mean, good grief. We live on 14% batteries. Chasing a charge for 
seems defeated, doesn't it? Oh, I can't, can't use my phone. Oh, I only got 8%. It seems that we're defeated for you die. Past tense. And your life is hidden with Christ. Okay, now we're looking a little more positive. With Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, when He appears, then, then, you also will appear to Him in glory. Listen to the church. Keep thinking above this world because Jesus Christ has made available the change of perception where we realize we're on the winning side. We are victorious. It's not because we're important. It's not because we're special. It's not because we give more money. Look, we're pushing like when Brooke enjoys helping me, working. Look, all y'all like to run. This is a wonderful thing to do. And I'm going to stand there with somebody and collect the money. I'll hold the tape. And we'll praise God for the money we bring in to give to missions. It's all going to be for a lot of you. All that's great and wonderful. We need to understand what ultimately drives us to run, what drives us to walk, what drives us to give everything because of Jesus. Amen. Come with me. I'm done. That's all he wants me to say today. I, I could talk forever. What he's done to me. Since Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy on my soul. Like a sea billows roll. Since Jesus. Since Jesus came into my heart. Church, look at me. We don't have hymnals. Usually. That's a good thing right here. But you ain't got to pick it up. Use it as a distractor to keep from doing what God wants you to do. So I want right now the most holy, sacred moment of this entire day. I want you solely and completely focused on one thing. That's not me. I want you to ask yourself. Before you leave this place, before you stand up, to look at the, you try to start drawing attention away from the Spirit speaking. What does God want you to do today? Do you need trust Jesus as your Savior? Do you need to come and renew that law? Not that you be saved again, but that you would start living in the victory that is Christ. That you'll lay aside the weight that's been bogging you down. Claim that fresh perspective that is Christ. Him lift it up. What is it? But only you and Him know it. But I can assure you, He will still know whether you are obedient or disobedient today. Do not leave here defeated. Leave here with that perspective. I am a winner in Christ Jesus. Come trust Him. Stand. Come right now. Without hesitation, come. Thank you.
not leave this place disobedient to God. You still need to pray when we're done here. You can come back down and pray. But just don't leave. Listen. You know you're where God wants you to be. Pleasing Him every step of the way. Being the child He has called us to be. Living in the victory. <coughs> that is Christ. Anything else before dismiss this morning? Uh, don't forget... Uh, to bring the items for the Navajo Christ, uh, Christmas shoe boxes uh, as soon as possible. Each Sunday school class is assigned the items, and all items are uh, complete boxes. So uh, they're due November 10th, so let's make sure that we get all that stuff in. And don't wait till the last minute. Let's get it all packed up and ready to go. A lot of great things going on. Now, you need to be reading your bulletin. You need to be reading your communicator, uh, emus, all that stuff. A lot of things going on. Uh, wonderful opportunities for worship. Be looking for the announcements. Several special things that's going to be going on for our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Our goal is to break $10,000 to give for our international missionaries to the Southern Baptist Convention. I still believe in the cooperative program. I still believe that 45,000 churches cooperating together. But we can't support one missionary. But together, we can help support 10,000. So let us be faithful in giving. You can all go ahead and start earmarking your checks, saving your money. Look, do a special project in your home. You have small kids, teach them missions through this. You'll be seeing videos and other special things coming up in the uh, very near future, so don't miss all of that. Don't forget also the missions here in America to our Navajo Indian Christmas shoebox. Anything else before this meeting? The, we're taking water. Yes. At uh, Hagen City Hall and Fire Department in South Carolina. Water, cleaning supplies, and camp food. Pretty much Wednesday. Alright, and Dale and, and Edward said that if we'll bring them tonight, uh, you can bring them, leave it in the foyer of the sanctuary, uh, and we are on the beach in the Welcome Center, and we'll make sure they get transported, as they'll all be going to our sister uh, state. And I can assure you, because Kara was driving down Friday night, and uh, have you ever heard that statement, you can't get there from here? She literally was in a spot, there's so many roads, we didn't think we were going to be able to get her here. And then she hit a deer. So, uh, it was a long night, but it's wonderful to have Kara here. Uh, David, it's wonderful to see you here today. What a blessing. We're working on uh, what is called the Christian uh, Learning Center. Uh, to do in the public schools and David uh, is a great supporter uh, on the board of getting Bible talk for our students. And I appreciate David's leadership in that, Jerry's leadership in that, and uh, we're going we're gonna to believe in November it's going to happen. And uh, we're going to start in January, Lord's willing, being able to teach Bible classes and life skills based on the Bible uh, as elective. So, uh, pray for that. All right, anything else? 
All right, if not, tell it. You might just miss it and pray this morning. Thank you for the chance to be in your house. We pray this day that you would be honored by our lives, that our lives would display uh, that we have died and our lives are hidden with Christ in you. So we will not fear. Uh, we won't cower back. And we won't slow down because we know that we belong to you, that you have us uh, in your hands, God, and so we thank you for that. Would that, um, what we do and say, the things we do with our hands and feet, and the things we say with our mouths, bring great honor and glory to you this week. In Jesus' name.